stick my toes in I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen Internal explosion my toes in, I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen, internal explosion. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Benny J. And yo, yo, it's your boy, Mr. Minty Green in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode nine, unit. And we're going to get right into it, talking about the difference between being a solid unit as an individual versus being a solid unit collectively. Because a lot of times you hear the word unit and you're talking about some kind of diesel football player. The dude's an absolute unit. I was thinking of G-unit, man. Take it back to college, man. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) G-unit's taking it. Remind me, who was all up in G-unit? Oh, we got Fiddy. We got Tony Yayo. We got... uh, um, Lloyd Banks. Um, yeah, man. I'm not going to lie. All I remember is this, but I won't scream it into the mic. G-U-N-E-T! <laughs> <laughs> and truthfully, that's all that matters, man. <laughs> I remember that being hot in itself. Okay. And the fact that it stuck with us all this time is nuts. It's effective. It is effective. But they were together as one, one unit. unit. And the even if it was just the appearance of unity between those dudes... Everybody saw that they came together and produced something hot together. And there was, there was raw energy and power in that that people were attracted to. So when we think about this idea of unit, especially on an individual level, a lot of times we think about ourselves as one isolated unit from other isolated units. So you're one person or one unit, this person's one person, one unit, and so on and so forth. When I think about that, I say, it sounds self-centered if we're only calculating ourselves as one and not trying to figure out where are we one in the same? Hmm. What's the, what's the run through together that would actually bring us into the collective efforts that would produce the safety and security of a collective bunch? Cause I, I personally, I like to do my own thing. I tend to be a disagreeable person. Um, On the other hand, my counterpart, Chris, he's much more agreeable, making him a lot easier to talk to for most people. Even my boy just talked to him maybe about a month ago concerning some career choice pathway stuff. And he said, man, your boy, Chris, is so cool. He's just so easy to talk to. And I said, word. Praise God. How's it like talking to me, boy? (laughs) And I didn't get a response. (laughs) Nor should I. Because he shouldn't tell me what I'm really like to him. Because he's my real friend. (laughs) So getting back into this individual idea of what it means to be a unit. So you see people today, everybody's at the gym. Everybody's trying to do some kind of diet. This is not an old thing. These trends have been going on since what? 60s, 70s? Yeah. Probably? Yeah. Easy. Yeah, the gym explosion. Exactly. It was at, what is it, Mr. Universe, when they started oh, saying Jack that LaLanne, fats. man. Jack, that's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating to the oldies. <laughs> I don't have the curly hair, though, or the high enough shorts, mm. normally. Every once in a while, I rock the Australian thigh poppers. <laughs> I got to let them shine. So, and I like to, I like to be known as the quad father from mm. the Sicilian roots. 
it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the other dudes, Quadzilla. I don't mm. know. What's the other one? Quadrilateral. <laughs> got a lot of quads, man. <laughs> covered the quads. I don't think there's any more. I think we got all the quads yeah. there. So if you think about this individual idea of trying to be a unit within yourself, you're doing something that is good for you and it might help you to feel better about yourself in this life. But what's the long-term vision? Mm. What's it? What's the purpose of getting yourself in great shape or taking good care of this body if it doesn't come along with some kind of true mission or purpose that holds more than something self-centered? Because if I'm just doing it for me, and I'm not thinking about how's this going to benefit my brother, my sister, my neighbor, just in a general sense. What's the point? What is it going to add up to? And if you think about think about people well before the industrialization of this nation, those people weren't focusing purely on the individuals. Individualism is a much more recent type of phenomenon because in the past they had to be the security of the whole because we were working to survive together. Technology was built in order to try to make life a little bit more easy, maybe a little more sustainable because we developed things that would allow us to live longer lives uh, by healing the sick, giving things that allowed us to have a better quality of life, you know, maybe giving us replacement joints, replacement knees, you know, uh, even even tendons and ligaments like bionic arms. There's some crazy stuff, prosthetics. It just, the list keeps coming up and it keeps going on and on. And it's incredible, but it can also create a bit of a delusion for us thinking that we are individuals within ourselves and we don't need all of these systems that are working underneath that we start to become less privy to, less aware of that are actually upholding everything and including our sense of individualism. We have nothing Mm -hmm. apart from these systems that other people built and other people are actually keeping them afloat. We're just, we're literally just pawns in the bigger system. And we're given the illusion that we can do it on our own if we just work hard enough and have enough grit. There's not enough depth to that. You got to see what's underneath the surface to realize that you could never sustain individualism by yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. So it's like there, there has to be a different type of grind you know, something that can, you know, bring, bring life. Cause eventually that individual pursuit, it's, um, so I'll, it's the opposite of being self-sustaining. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to use your, your gym analogy. You know, many of us started off in the gym, you know, you go for like a week, you're starting to feel a little good, but then you start to plateau. Yeah. And then where people drop off is the difference between, do you have that focus or not? And in, in a lot of cases, if you don't have the focus, you're just going to drop off. Yeah. And then you just have those exemplary people that just continue going on and on and on and on. But sooner or later, that drive is going to stop yeah. for any of a number of reasons. And so there has to be something greater. And so by taking a step out, you know, building community, you know, building up self for the sake of community, now when I'm in the gym and I'm falling off, you're the one to drive me on and say, hey, are you going to the gym? Yeah. You're going to help spot me if you see me faltering. Yes. And this, this is replicated in different facets of our life. Uh, when, when, we're, when we're building up ourselves for the sake of community, it's more of a give and a take. Yeah. 
because in the areas where I'm strong, I can help someone that's not. And then conversely, in areas that they're strong, they can help me in areas where I'm not. And so this, this is helpful for many reasons. You know, it, it puts the carrot constantly in front of us so that we're constantly driving on and on and on. And then once we get to a certain point, and even during the journey, we're able to help those around us. Yeah. And so within this community structure, I know, I know you're going to drop, drop Christ in the middle of it, so I'm not going to take away your thunder on that. But he dropped himself. In, <laughs> yeah, he did. He on the middle. But in the in the midst of this seeking community, you can still be great as an individual. Yeah, you can still build up. You can still do the heart work, the physical work as an individual. It's just that you're doing it for the benefit of someone else as well, and it's a reciprocal relationship. You know, you're yes. not just emptying yourself out for the sake of emptying. You empty out, and others will pour into you. And with that, that's your alley oop, man. You're about to drop drop some gems. So one thing you were talking about is that we can help each other. We can spur one another on mm -hmm. to good deeds. One of those good deeds being remaining accountable. Right. We need to be accountable to one another so that when one is struggling, when they're faltering, you know, they don't have that strong footing anymore. They're maybe their knees are getting a little weak, not just physically. Maybe they're emotionally weak in their foundation mm -hmm. and they're starting to lose that, that sense of stability. It's good as a brother to come alongside and say, hey, buddy, what's, what's going on, bro? Are you okay? What can I do to help you come up? Now, the key is, are they willing to take the accountability and are they willing to receive the help without expecting you to do all the work for them? Mm -hmm. They have to show a willingness to change and to pick it up. You shouldn't be carrying everything for anyone, but you're always willing to help carry with people. Mm -hmm. And if someone asks you to help them carry one mile, take it two. Too. If someone comes along and asks for your tunic, in this case, your shirt mm -hmm. or your overcoat, give them, mm -hmm. give it to them. What do you have to gain by holding on to these worldly possessions when you could demonstrate to other people what it means to be self-sacrificing and let them know these things mean nothing to me. You mean something to me. That's building community. That's letting other people taste and see that the Lord is good mm -hmm. and the unifying efforts that he gives through his people to draw others in by way of his kindness, that's what leads people to repentance. God's kindness through his people to those who don't know it yet. So if you, Christian, haven't done something recently to demonstrate God's love and obedience to his word, to show others the light and to be the salt of the earth so people can taste and see again that God is good, next time you have an opportunity, don't just say to yourself, ah, someone else will handle mm -hmm. that. Go and do it. Take courage. Take heart. Say, yeah, you know what? I do love that person. I'm not going to let other people's judgments of me and that weight weigh me down or deter me from going and taking my responsibility to love that person. Whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever they're going through in life, it doesn't matter. Use discretion. Use wisdom in all situations 
but where you can go and help people and be sacrificial of your own time, your energy, your all your resources, go and do it. Demonstrate the love you say that you have for God is real. Let deeds follow your faith. Mm, my dude. Yo, I'm, I'm going to take the ministry hat off real it. quick. Get it. Because I, I'm so excited about this topic because, you know, many times we talk about things through a faith-based lens. Yeah. And, you know, we are fully aware that everyone is at a different part of their faith journey. And so my thought is, even if you take Christ out of the equation for the sake of argument, because Christ is always in the equation, always. but even if you're not at that point where you visualize Christ in the middle of this equation, think about from a practical perspective. It's like, I was talking about the gym analogy. I'm so much stronger if someone's spotting me. Oh, yes. I have a better opportunity to get a job if someone I know has that job or there's a network. Yep. I have a better chance of success in dating if someone knows who I am and has someone in their network that could match that profile and they match make. You need someone to come in and vouch for you. You need a good wingman. You, it's hel- it's so <laughs> that, helpful. I mean. <laughs> Tom and my wife had a great wingman. Lord bless him. Ditto. <laughs> but we we are so much better together. Yeah. And it's it's mutually beneficial. It's mutually edifying. Um, but something else that comes with that is if we are willing to develop this community, we have to be willing to appreciate diversity mm-hmm. because everyone that can help you isn't going to look like you. They may not even talk like you. They may come from a different background than you do. They may have different finances that you do. They may be from a different faith tradition than you are. But at the end of the day, all of our gifts are complementary in order to develop this one unit. You know, just think of, you know, the cheesy example is a puzzle. You know, when, when all the pieces are laying together, yes, each individual piece looks good, but we look so much better together when those different pieces of different shapes come together and make one picture, and then you put Christ in the center of that. And that's when it's even better now and even better later. And so, yes, for the sake of argument, we can take Christ out, but it's so important to bring Christ back in because this is the faith that we profess Mm -hmm. and we get glimpses, you know, through other people, we get glimpses of how good life can be now and will be in the future. And that's from just simple community. Yeah. I think about, think about all the structures that we work within, all the people, these bodies of people, all with common goals, trying to achieve these goals. And in most cases, profit financially off of these goals. All of these require a body of people with a body of work. There's a unifying purpose. The problem with these purposes isn't that they're bad within themselves. It's that they're not fundamentally rooted in anything eternal. The work is here and now and only for a time. So it's good to keep your hands busy. It's good to put your hands to the plow and till the field and look for a harvest And that goes across the board with all work, finding vision and a purpose in the vision, and then hoping to hoping that whatever you've worked hard for yields great fruit. You want to have good outcomes, but you want, you want to keep your eyes on what's eternal. What lasts forever? What all the things that happen on this earth, 
you can't take anything with you. <laughs> right. And what guarantee is there? What hope do you have that what you did on this earth is going to translate to forever? If you believe in forever, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. What can I say? If it suits you, wear it. Mm. But I challenge you as always to really think about what is your mission and purpose in this life? Is it to just say that you were a good person? To Everything you do is just a, an attempt to justify to yourself and others that you were a good person? Chris and I ain't even coming from that perspective <laughs> because we know apart from Christ, there's nothing good right. in us. Right. And we also know that apart from the Spirit, nothing we do pleases the Lord. Mm-hmm. So apart from God in our lives, everything is meaningless. As the one from Ecclesiastes wrote, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is utterly meaningless. And he's not talking about cows. <laughs> so I really want you to think about this idea of being a part of a body in the general world versus being a part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ fixes their eyes on what is eternal, what is mm-hmm. spiritual, not what is earthly and fleshly which is bound by judgment and it's bound by, unfortunately, condemnation. This world is condemned in itself. But thank God that he sent Jesus as a bridge between us and the Father. He gave us access to the Father through him. He gave us an opportunity to be cleansed, to be purified from our unrighteousness, restoring a right relationship between us and the Lord. Nothing gets more potent and powerful than that. And if you don't believe it, you've probably never tested it. And if you did test it and you ran away from it, you were likely burned and traumatized by things that happened from wicked people who didn't know how to handle you properly and didn't love you the way you deserve to be loved that would have been rooted in Jesus. So yes, we all have to go through our hardships. We all have to suffer. We all have to go through the searching process of finding out who are we? What is this place that we've landed in since birth? Why does this matter? All questions that are incredibly difficult. But if you are in the seeking process and you're trying to find truth and true meaning, test it. As we always Mm -hmm. tell you, test the Lord. Taste and see that he's good. Mm -hmm. Look for people who live according to the principles of the actual scripture Go and actually read the scripture, see what it tells you, find out what it says, and then go see if anybody that you know, or anybody that you find is actually living up to those standards. I guarantee they're out there. You haven't looked hard enough. They can be hard to find at Mm -hmm. times, especially in societies like we're in now. It gets a little dark at times, but the light remains. There's always a remnant. There's always something left behind of God's real people. And all it takes is a little bit of Holy Spirit gasoline thrown on that spark, mm. and boom, you got your revival. Right, It's always there in the pocket. God's timing is key for those things. So if you're waiting for that, if you're waiting to see a whole bunch of people explode on fire before you jump on, <laughs> yeah. because now all of a sudden that's what's hot, that's what's trendy. Mm. Oh, everybody's doing it? Well, now I want to go that way. Go there because you desire to know God. Mm. Go there because your heart longs for the security and the empowerment that you keep looking for. You hear about it in therapy. You hear about it on the news. You hear about it from your friends and their spiritualism. 
When are you going to find it from the true source of raw power, which is the almighty God? Wow. And there's, there, there's so much security in, in that statement. And being a unit really does come down to security. Yep. You know, there is protection in a community and God, God exists in a community. You know, we believe in the triune God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's a community. And so we're seeing, we, we talked about seeing like flickers of heaven. We see flickers of heaven as we build community. Um, as we are edifying each other, as we we have conversations and we find that we are excited and lifted up, that's just a small taste of what heaven will look like and what heaven will feel like. And so we don't have to wait until the end of life to experience heaven. Yeah. We can experience little pieces of it, you know, every day, moment to moment, and it's by investing so deeply in meaningful relationships. And by nature, relationships are hard. <laughs> they take work, but I can't think of anything else where I experience a taste of heaven and that drives me on yes. to do more because I want to make sure that others feel the same way and that we can continue this relationship in heaven where everything will be perfected. What a beautiful thought that we can actually have a taste of heaven here and now <laughs> with the body of Christ, that we can come together in unity and we can serve one God, one great God through Jesus by, the, by all of the unifying bonding that the Holy Spirit does through that body of believers. What a beautiful thing. And we are here to establish God's kingdom on earth. That's our mission. Mm -hmm. Go out to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No excuses. It was the great commission. It's what God called his people to do. So let's get on it. Let's do this work together because mm -hmm. we will be powerful in Christ if we stop jockeying for position, trying to dominate one another, and we actually get rooted in love and accept the, we accept the discipline that God gives his real children. That's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number nine, Unit. Again, I'm Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, Mr. Minty Green in the building. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Friday. Peace, y'all. Adios.